0: Welcome, and thank you for joining us this week for the Everyman Worldwide Livestream Study. Now, to get us ready for this morning's study, let me ask you a question. Have you ever made an emotional decision in the moment that you ended up regretting? You know, you were angry and you said words. You were afraid and you acted too early. Or maybe you were alone and sad, and you chose to make yourself feel a little better in a very unhealthy way. Did you know that there are over 120 negative emotions a man can feel that create inner conflicts? Now, what do you do with those? Where do you go with them? How do you respond to feelings inside you can't stop from coming up? Now, we're going to answer these and other questions in part two of this series, Core Conflicts. Now, in part one, we dealt with relational conflicts, and now in part two, pastor and men's expert, Kenny Luck, is going to unpack what the Bible says about our emotional battles as men. Now, before we get started, take a second and share this live stream with a friend. Now, let's join Kenny live from Crossline Church in Laguna Hills, California. For part two of core conflicts.
1: Good morning. Want to give you guys an update. I asked you to pray last week uh, for our uh, outreaches in Oregon and New Orleans. Uh, just got back from a week-long tour. We planted. Uh, we planted dangerous good fellowships all over the city in Eugene. We planted dangerous good fellowships all over. The New Orleans in general area, uh, men were coming to Christ in New Orleans, uh, it was simulcast into four prisons, and we got reports back that many men gave their lives to Christ uh, in those prisons, and uh, so I want to thank you for uh, for praying, I'm telling you, it was great to be on the ground, right on, yeah, praise the Lord, it's happening, uh, this, you know, what we do here is is going out, and it's going to change cities, change families, change communities, As men come into relationship with Christ, they're filled with God's spirit, and then in the power of God's spirit, they start making new choices in small spaces, amen, with their families and with their community. And every one of those fellowships, get this, every one of those fellowships that was formed across those two cities, every month, once a month, they are going to go as a team, and they are going to provide muscle for a mission of a city agency that's doing good. You know, It's like it, it, it talks about in the book of Acts where uh, the men healed the, the man outside the temple and uh, they did good and then, and then the buzz started getting around and, they, and the, 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 it was described as a notable miracle. These men had been with Jesus, they've done a notable miracle and the whole city's finding out about it. How about that? That's a new wave of, uh, of masculinity coming online. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for all our Everyman partners and thank you for praying uh, God is changing cities uh, through this dangerous good movement. All right, we are in part two of our series called Core Conflicts. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever noticed how easy it is, listen, to mismanage emotions? Okay, everybody online, there was a low-grade laughter all over, all, all over the room, right? I mean, just Google or go on YouTube and, and put in road rage, I mean, there's a chick getting out of her car with a bat, you know, at a gas station. I mean, they're, they're, they're going at it. It's just like, what are they doing? And it's just this escalation, right, of, you know, you get a negative emotion, whether it's anger or sadness. On the anger side, it can go to DEFCON 5 if you don't know how to manage your emotions. On the sadness side, right, on the lower side, you ever felt like something negative happened, and then there's like this systemic like cloud in your spirit where it's just like, oh, everything's fatal and final. Everything's going wrong. You know, it's just like, and it gets in you that way and it just stops you. All of a sudden your motivation's gone and you, you, it's hard to get up and you're just like, oh, everything has a black cloud over it. All right, but here's the principle. When you indulge, any negative emotion, it's like giving control to an outside force, isn't it? It's like getting hijacked. You know, when you get hijacked, it's like people take over, all right? And then they have control of whatever it is, the car, the plane, or, or whatever. And, and so it's important because emotions, negative emotions, um, are contagious. In the Bible, when you read about God's people, uh, especially the emotion of fear, Fear is like Ebola in God's people. It shuts down faith. So God asks his people to do something. Then they approach the, the precipice of taking an, a step of faith. And then there's a couple of people that start, start fomenting fear. And it spreads through a million people. And then they stop right in their tracks. Like like 12, 10 people, they get afraid. And it stops a million people from doing God's plan. And so we have to kind of talk about in this series uh, core conflicts. Last week we talked about relational conflicts. And then this week we're gonna talk about emotional conflicts. And you have to really see uh, how the devil has a stake in how you manage negative emotions. Because your negative emotions impact your relationships. Amen? I mean, it just leaks out of you. You can't stop it. There's no diaper for uh, negative emotions. It's gonna come out, whether... Whether, whether you're an emotionally constipated guy or whether you're an emotional diarrhea guy it, it's going to come out all right and so we're going to look at that cuz human beings can feel listen to this human beings can feel up to 120 negative emotions and you can feel or be or act out you know those emotions and just like for example if i if i feel really confused about something and that gets prolonged, then I I start to feel a little bit desperate because I don't know. And when I I start to feel, did I just say, I fart to feel desperate? Okay, when I start to feel desperate, okay, correction, when I start to feel desperate, then the desperation over time turns into despair. You know, and and then despair turns into hopelessness. And you see the cascade, but how quickly that can happen? You know, I'm sure all of you can resonate with that, that when things aren't going good. But now, let me, let me tell you about the upside of negative emotions, all right? If I did not know or feel rejection, I wouldn't know what being accepted and being appreciated is, all right? So I know how that feels when I know the other one. If, if I've never experienced chaos in my life, I don't have the right context for peace, now I know what peace feels like, but the context of peace is chaos, all right? I, if I have never known despair, all right, I would know the full extent of joy, right? And knowing what joy feels like, right? One's the context of the other. You know, If I've never felt apathy toward uh, other people, then I wouldn't know how to feel compassion in its fullest sense for other people. Same for guilt and judgment, okay? Grace feels really good when you are operating under guilt and judgment, amen? And that's what the Bible says we've passed out of, is passed out of guilt and judgment. So negative feelings create emotional conflicts within us. Question, what does a man do with what he feels negatively on the inside? How does God want us to react and respond to the temptations, the delays, the difficulties uh, of life, and just like relational conflicts present us with opportunities to grow, emotional conflicts present us with opportunities to grow. In fact, how you deal with negative emotions is a sign of your maturity. At least that's what we say about our kids, right? I mean, uh, Google Toddler Tantrums and you'll see some of the funniest things that you've ever seen in your life. You know, This little kid with a fake toy putter misses a two-foot putt, this little, this little Asian kid, it's the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life, and he has a nuclear temper tantrum on the 18th hole with his dad. And he's rolling all around, and, and we, we, we look at that, and we go, well, he's a toddler, all right? But you know what? There's the little toddler running around in big men's bodies, amen? Except for the expression is a little more destructive. Because he's bigger physically he has more capacity to hurt you know he's a little got a little bit more uh, intelligence uh, and the emotions take over that too so what I want to do is I want to pray right now because this is really important I want to pray because you're on the other side of today's study are your relationships and we all know that if we're not doing relationships right we're not doing what right life Okay, so why don't we just bow our heads. Let's join everybody that's joining the live stream online. Let's pray. Lord, we want to stop reacting in ways that harm our relationship with you and harm our relationships with others when we feel things we don't like or when things happen that we didn't plan on. Holy Spirit, teach us how to respond in your power graciously and truthfully so we can please God, in Jesus' name, amen. If you're in the room, take out your notes. We're gonna look at unresolved negative emotions and we're gonna talk about them a little bit. Write this down, please. Unresolved negative emotions lead to negative expressions in relationships. Remember how I just said there's no diaper for negative emotions? They come out. What's inside eventually comes out. You know, I'm the last of seven children. Okay, let the paint dry on that one for a little bit. Seven kids in one household. And my dad was deployed a lot of that time. Now, imagine being my mom with five boys and two girls. It's called a terrorist cell. If You didn't know that, all right? Five boys, two girls. And I remember seeing my mom just hit the breaking point one time we were we were roughhousers man I mean we were ambush setters we were roughhousers and you know boys especially you know I mean it's like body before brain amen you know and so one time we broke something we were rough and then something broke and I remember my mom going to say she said if I had a machine gun I would kill you all I mean, that is the pinnacle, right, of motherly frustration, you know. Uh, But when, I mean, she was walking around with it, and she was maintaining, and she was maintaining, and she was maintaining, and, you know, moms can take a lot, and moms can take a lot, but eventually, they're going to lead to negative expressions. My mom was feeling alone. My mom was feeling underappreciated. My mom was feeling underhelped, and then it just came out. All right. Have you ever walked around, or maybe right now, maybe right now, you're walking around with some feelings and stuff inside that's just like magma in a volcano. And you know, that spectacle you don't want to see, because when a volcano explodes, it changes the landscape of things, doesn't it? It changes, it comes out with a great force. Look what it says in the Bible, Matthew 12:35. let's read it together, Ready? A good person brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil person brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. You know, your emotions are stored up in you. Okay, they're they're in there. Good emotions, negative emotions. But man, those negative emotions are hot. And they they can it's almost like the good emotions sometimes. You have to you have to call them up and you have to reflect and you have to be grateful and you. You have to get perspective and you have to really. But man, the negative emotions, they can just take over really fast. Right? But what's inside, the principle is what's inside and stored up in you will come out. Right? And the Bible says that whatever is happening on the inside will make its way outside. You will leak on those around you. Um, And as a rule, the Bible teaches, write this down, don't deny your emotions but don't trust them either. Are your feelings the facts, yes or no? No, they're not. Your feelings are not the facts, all right? It doesn't invalidate your feelings to tell yourself the truth about them, all right? But your feelings aren't the facts. Many times, you know, you suffer a loss, you lose a contract, you know, you you, you lose a match, you lose something, and and then you just, all of a sudden, uh, that feeling of loss takes over your whole, it's a headline, it's like the headline in the daily news, the next day for you. You know, it's the Kenny Luck Gazette, loser. You know? But that's how fast it can go. Right? But God, God says, don't deny your emotions, but don't trust your feelings either. Alright? And God has been helping men manage negative emotions for a long time. Uh, in our last series we looked at Cain. I put the verses where God interacts with this man and he's trying to intervene with him. He says, "Why are you so angry?" The Lord asked Cain. "Why do you look so dejected?" There's the other side of anger. It's depression. The primary reaction to sadness, many times, is anger. All right. So I feel rejected. I get sad, and when I get sad, then I get mad. All right, and that's what's going on. So God intervening with this guy, and he has negative emotions. He goes, you'll be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. might want to circle that. Watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to what? Control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. It's talking about how there's a part of us, the sin nature, and you feed the sin nature a negative emotion, and when those two combine, it's nuclear. Okay, my my natural impulse, the sin nature. Okay, what God's talking about—to self-protect, self-preserve, look after myself. You fuel that with a negative emotion, and watch out—it's like triple dog, powerful. All right. So Cain is angry at what he see, sees or feels is unfair. God knows that if he trusts in how he feels and gives control over to his anger it will lead to serious trouble so god intervenes and he says man this emotion you feel inside along with your natural self-interest and self-preservation that has the power to control you and nothing should control a follower of jesus christ except for god's spirit the issue is control so you see how satan has a real stake the evil has a real stake in what's going on on your insides, all right? So what do we need to know, all right? Write this down. Number one, emotions are essential in all my relationships, okay? They're e- essential, all right? Sometimes men, in particular, treat negative emotions like they shouldn't exist. Like, for example, in Chrissy and I's relationship, you know, she's sad over something. And I say, why are you sad? Don't be sad. It's like, why? Because then I'm going to have to have a long three-hour discussion on your sadness. Okay? So I'm just looking out for me, man. It's like, no, don't be sad. Please, God, no. Don't be sad over anything. Because then I I ran out of words yesterday. You have 20,000 left for the day. And uh, I'm not going to be able to hang with you, man. No, it's just... but. That's how we sometimes, we just, in our own self-interest, we cut off the conversation. We're like, oh, you're sad? Don't be sad. Why be sad? I'm not sad. I wouldn't be sad over that. I mean, this is what you should be really sad about. That's sad. That, that should produce that. But what you're going through, no, you shouldn't be sad. And it's all selfish. Emotions are essential because it lets you know where another person is, right? You know? And then sometimes it's on the other side. You know, you got your, you got your wet blankets, you know those people, Just like, you come in really happy, you run into them, and they just throw a wet blanket over your happiness. It's just, well, why are you so happy? Well, just wait. Wait your turn, you know. Now, look at what the Bible says under emotions are essential in all my relations. Look at what the Bible says. Romans 12, 15. Let's read it together. Ready? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Okay? You know what's great about this verse? It tells us what to expect in life. All right? It tells us what to expect. You can expect good things to happen, and you can expect bad things to happen. And those good and bad things are going to impact you emotionally. And when you bump into someone, that life is impacting. All right, a person who knows God and is is other-centered. All right, they're loving God and they're loving others. They're free to rejoice with someone who's rejoicing and be sad with someone who's sad. Okay, that man. That's about as complicated as this lesson gets. Okay. But don't do the, you know, robotic automaton, don't be sad, you know, why are you happy, you know, because life is good and bad, amen? And because life's good and bad, there's joy and there's sorrow, right? If you're married, that's what you say, I'm with you in joy or sorrow, all right? And you're going to be with that person, okay? Second, emotions are responses and reactions to life, write that down. Emotions are responses and reactions to life. They're like... God created us with, you know how like you have a dashboard on your car? You have a dashboard, you're driving, and then all of a sudden the check what light comes on? Yeah, the check engine light comes on, all right? And what is it saying? It's saying, hey, you better look at that, you better check that out, okay? That's how I want you to filter you know, negative emotions in your life. when something bad happens and then you, you start, something starts kind of, you're like, mm, something doesn't feel right, you know, that's like a dashboard light going, bing, and it comes on. And the purpose of that is God is saying, you better, you better check that out. And when the check engine light, is it better to check it out sooner or later? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because there are some of you right now, your check engine light is on in your real car. And God's saying, check that out, man, or else it'll be a $3,000 bill at the end. All right. But guess what? We pay a higher emotional price. And guess what? So do the people around us. They're paying a price for us ignoring God's check engine light. When something comes up and we look at it and we're like, ah, you know, and maybe that's the way we were trained growing up. Maybe, maybe we were told, hey, suck it up. Take it like a man, you know? Okay, that's fine. That's manly, but it's not godly. Big difference, Right? So emotions are essential. Emotions are responses and reactions. Look at Jesus react. I want you to see Jesus reacting to real stuff going on. You know When he saw stuff that, was, that made him sad, he got sad. Um, he's, he's with his guys, just like us, and then he sees kind of like all these people milling around with you know, all these faces, and he can kind of read the, the, the scene, and he just sees a lot of hard stuff going on in people's lives. And then it says this. When he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd then he said to his disciples now the feelings are going in a direction toward those who follow him the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few ask the lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field so i want you to see the progression through the 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 lamp of his eyes all right the eyes are the lamp of the body through the the eye his eyes he takes in a scene and it's people who don't have leadership in their lives all right which means they are vulnerable to the world to the flesh and to the devil they're vulnerable they're like sheep okay so they're they're really vulnerable and then he gets sad the word compassion is the greek word splaghnizomai it means from the bowels all right it's like it's like Right here, it's like, it's like, boom! You ever looked at a situation or seen some information where it just went, boom! I'll tell you what, when I see women who are sexually trafficked and watch a documentary on that because I know that the, the demand is created by men and I'm just kinda learning, man, it's just like, boom! It hits me, Like uh, talking about you know, how women are initiated into prostitution and how they're, ga- I mean, it just, they're gang raped. Yeah, just, you know, when I see whatever fatherlessness and the chaos and dysfunction in major cities and I see the lost boys and, and their first family of acceptance has fallen apart and then they join a gang family because that's where they're going to be. somebody. That, bam, boils my blood, breaks my heart. Amen? It should yours too. But that's what's happening with Jesus in this passage. He's seeing the crowds. He's seeing humanity out there suffering. He has compassion from his gut. And then he turns to his team. And he says, harvest is plentiful. But you know what? The workers are few. Can I just say, that's what this whole dangerous good movement is all about. The harvest, there's a lot of pain out there. Wouldn't you agree? There's a lot of pain out there, which means that people are open to resolving the pain. And any organization should be the local church that can make pain go down relevant, man. But Jesus is going, we're the team to go do that, so we need more workers into the harvest. We need to pray and send more workers out into this harvest people. So Jesus sees people in distress, has a gut reaction, literally from his gut, which means it's a deep response, he feels, he feels something. He lets it, he saw, it went from his eyes to his amazing processor, his brain, and then it took the elevator and it went right here and then it exploded with energy and motivation. And then what does he do? He sees that and he goes, the harvest is plentiful, guys. The workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. You know, I remember when I dropped my brother off at federal prison, just talking about getting hit in the gut. I had to keep it, in, I had to keep it strong for his kids when I went over to his house to pick him up. I had to keep it strong when we drove all the way to the federal prison. I had to keep it strong for him when he was getting processed. And then I remember saying goodbye. And I remember those, it's the classic sound of those doors going, and I walked out in the parking lot and I literally crumpled. It's never happened to me before in my life. I lost my legs. I was so upset because my brother's a great guy. He's a great guy. And, um, you know, guys, it's, it's one of those things where my heart was so, sad that it just took over my whole body. Now, that's a little different from the examples um, that we're talking about, but it does illustrate the next point, and I want you to write this down, right? Emotions are powerful and must be managed, right? That's how God created human beings. He created us to feel and sense and taste and, and to have these emotions. That's what makes being a human a human, okay? Is that we can feel these things, all right, and they must be managed versus what? Versus denied, versus avoided, versus being overbelieved and indulged, or versus being given control, all right? He gave us a will and a mind to think through them. He gave us a relationship with him to get some perspective on what's going on. He's in relationship with us. He's with us. And we, we have the power to manage. But if we do not manage our emotions well, all right? Uh, look at this picture from the Bible, says what's gonna happen, all right? Let's read Proverbs 25, 28 together, ready? Like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit, okay? If you do not control, if you don't have control, self-control over your negative emotions, you're vulnerable, that's the picture. It's a picture of a city, and that city is you. And it's, it's a fortified city, but now the walls have been torn down, and now the enemy can come in with impunity and take over the whole thing, plunder the whole darn thing. And in one, with one decision to give a negative emotion control and the cascade behind it, this image is very significant. Because some of you today, you're like, hey, man, I'm, I'm cool, all right? Well, wait till tomorrow or wait till the next day, you know? Life is good and bad, and you're going to get tested. You're going to get tested in your marriage today, maybe, or maybe you're going to get tested in, in your job, you know? I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, I hate, you know, when guys, they come to work thinking they have a career there, and then the boss says, hey, can I see you in my office, and then it's over, you know? I mean, life is like that, All right? But God wants us to be able to know that he's in our lives. He's bigger than whatever is happening to us. We don't have to break down. We can can hold, and God can anchor us in those moments, okay? Um, Look at what the Bible says here in Proverbs 16, 32. Let's read it together. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. You know what the Bible's saying? It's better to be emotionally mature than to be powerful positionally, than to be rich financially, than to be strong physically. Isn't that amazing? Where God would say, you know what? If you know how to control your emotions, you're better than the strong. You know know how to control your emotions. You're better than the one who rules and has position. All right? Why? Because that person's relationship with God and with others is better. And those are the two things that Jesus says are more important than you giving control over to those emotions inside. That's why God wants to give all of us self-control today. Look what it says in Proverbs 29, 11. Let's read it together. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold back. See that word fools right there? I can put my name in there, because I've done that. I've done it. Have you done it? Do you have the guts to admit that you've done it? I've done it. And, it, and it. and it's a sign to me, my dashboard light came on, and then I just ignored it, and I didn't talk to God, and I didn't, I didn't process it with my, you know, I didn't, like, care enough to just go, hey, God, you know what, I got this going on, and, and then I just vomited, you know, and I feel, don't you feel really small when kind of that happens in your life? Makes you feel like, in, you know, gosh, I'm back in fifth grade, you know, but you know what? God wants to grow you up. It's okay. God wants to bring you to a different place, you know, and, you know, the answer in, in, in the fool's life, right, the difference between foolish and wise is their ability or inability to manage their emotions. I think this is an area where God wants to make progress in your life, right, to make your relationship with him better, to make your relationships with others better. You see, in my experience, there's, there's three kinds of guys. There's the emotionally constipated man who holds everything in, but despite his best attempts, it will leak out, all right, and you know what it comes out in? A snarky, passive-aggressive man who just, you know, he's like, it's like there's a, a cloud, and you can label the cloud cynical over the top. Why? Because he's full of these thoughts and this stuff, but he doesn't outwardly vent it. He inwardly keeps it inside, and then he becomes like, like acid. And when it comes out, it just kind of leaks on you, or maybe it's the little razors, but he's got stuff going on on the inside, all right? There's emotionally constipated. Then there's the emotional diarrhea, man. All right, and you know, it's like DEFCON 5. You know, stimulus DEFCON 5, rah! You know, and it's just like spewing volcano, run! It's like those people, I mean, they're, you, you look at their first circle and what's going on there and everybody's walking on eggshells around those guys. All right, then there's your emotionally regular man. All right, and doesn't everybody love being regular? Amen. I mean, do we love being regular or what? You know, we hate constipation. No one likes, you know, explosive diarrhea, but we like being regular, okay? The body analogies are awesome in this message, I just have to tell you. But these are guys, listen, here's what I'm saying. These are guys who recognize feelings and know where to go with them. In the moment, they know where to go with them, all right? And that's why the next point is so important. Write this down. Emotions must be expressed to God. Do you know that God has an open door for you 24-7, 365, and he says, come. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians, uh, in him and through faith in him, we have access to God. In him, Jesus, and through faith in him. Jesus, we have access to God. So you're a human being and their life is happening to you, whether you're young or whether you're a dad or whether you're a son or whether you're a student or whether you're, you're in the last quarter of your life, you're a human being, you have stuff going on inside because life is good and bad and it's happening to you and you can't stop it and God says, can we have a talk about that? I, you know, the door is open. God, psychiatry, Five cents. Remember that in the Charlie Brown cartoons? Lucy, psychiatry, five cents, you know? But, you know, Charles Schulz had it right. We, we need somebody who's readily available to talk to us. And the Bible says in him and through faith in him, we have access to God, All right, How's your prayer life? How often do you talk with God about you and about what's going on in your life and about the events you can't control in your life? And the the relationships that you have in your life and the longings that you have in your life and what you dream and what you hope for and what you wish for. How often are you dialoguing to God and taking advantage of this access to God in him and through faith in Jesus Christ? Now, some of you are listening and you're like, I don't got my all access pass yet. But here's what the Bible says. Good news. In him and through faith in him. Here you go. I don't know if you've ever gotten an all-access pass. I've gotten a a few, you know, backstage to see my nephews in POD and uh, at some conferences that I've been Man, they're cool, aren't they? Just, you walk right in, right? And you got that special lanyard and it says all-access. There are some of you listening to the sound of my voice right now. You do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, all right? But man, do you need him in your life? not just because he can forgive all your sin and not just because you can have purpose for living and not just because you can have a home in heaven, but for your life today and to have his power today and to know that you're loved and accepted today and to have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms with you today, to have power and self-control in your life and perspective that only God can give you. And if that's you, and you're listening to the sound of my voice this morning, you need to say yes to Jesus' invitation. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Can we give every man in the room and everyone watching online a moment to get Christ into their life? Let's bow our heads. God, I feel like there's uh, some men that are listening to the sound of my voice, and this message is right for them. They know about you, but they don't know you. They're not in you. And so, Jesus, we want to give them a chance to simply say to you in this moment, Lord Jesus, I open the door of my life. I want you to be a part of my life. I want you to come into my life and to save me from myself and from my sin, and from the attacks of evil on my spirit, and on my relationships, and on my life. Jesus, thank you for becoming a man, going to the cross, and wiping out every mistake I've ever made or will make, and in this moment, I receive for myself the gift of God and eternal life by saying yes to you, and yes to what you've done for me. Come into my life and save me. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit so that I can have a great relationship with you for the rest of my days and great relationships with people. In Jesus' name and God's men said, amen. So we're on this point. Emotions must be expressed to God. Look at what the psalmist says in Psalm 32. He says, when I kept it all inside, my bones turned to what? Powder. My words became day-long groans. The pressure never let up. All the juices of my life dried up. Then, okay, this is a transition. Then I let it all out. I said, I'll make a clean breast of my failures to God. Suddenly, the pressure was gone. My guilt dissolved. My sin disappeared. These things add up. Every one of us needs to pray when all hell breaks loose and the dam bursts We'll be where? On high ground, untouched. Wow, what a picture. What an amazing picture of what is available. And that's what we just did in prayer. That is exactly what we just did in prayer. You know, when when you connect with God, he's above all this stuff. You know, you can be in it, but if you have a connection above it, it gives you assurance for what's in front of it. Amen? Amen right? And so God wants to help us. So here's how emotions shape behavior. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of plow my way through this because there's differences between men and women, amen? All right, so let's look at he emotions. all right? In general, for dudes, we feel like if we expose feelings, we lose control. It's like, well, if you really know how I feel about this, you're going to take advantage of it, right? Because we're competitors, right? We compete and we don't want to lose our position, right, with whoever, you know. So if we say we're overwhelmed in a group of guys, we're afraid that now we're perceived as weak. And I'm not weak. I'm not going to be weak. I'm not going to tell you how I feel. I'm not going to tell you what's going on, right? That's great outside of the body of Christ. It's horrible within the body of Christ. Because if I don't know what's going on in your life, I can't help you. And I really want to help. I'm not competing with you, okay? I stopped competing when I came to know God, all right? That's over. All right, so now you can be transparent with me and tell me what's really going on. Now, on the other side of, of the coin uh, of he motions is she motions. And uh, not knowing what's happening in your life, if you're connected to a lady, let me just tell you guys, uh, if, if, if you're emotionally constipated, uh, not knowing for a woman, they feel like they're losing control. And when they feel like they're losing control, they get concerned. And when they get concerned all right, they start chasing. They start coming, and they start asking questions, all right? So for the men, you know, God decided to take you, this creature, right, who kind of sort of has a tough time doing that, uh, sharing feelings, and put him with this creature who they really want to know. Man, that's a recipe for growth right there, amen? I mean, man, guys who don't really, I don't know, I'm not really good with those things. I'm really good at those things, and I want to know. I mean, wow, that'll grow you up really fast, all right? And then men and women start working together. But here's what happens. Now I'm going to talk kind of generally to the married guys and dating guys and guys who want to uh, know women and get along with them for the rest of their lives, all right? When a man fears exposing his feelings, he becomes distant. Just know that. If you're not good with feelings, you'll create distance in your relationship. Look what happened in Genesis, and it's the same dynamic. Adam says, I was what? Afraid. Because I was naked, and I what? Hid. That was true physically, and it was true relationally. He was afraid. He was naked. And when you're naked, you want to cover up. That's true physically. Emotionally, it's true too. When you get afraid, you want to cover up, and you want to hide. Because you don't want to see people, people to see you vulnerable, right? right. Secondly, when a man fears losing control... He becomes demanding. Look at the dynamic that happens when negative emotion takes over Adam and Eve's relationship. God tells Eve, you'll be drawn to your husband, yet he will what? Dominate you. Right, because when you're afraid on the inside, you make grabs for control to make your fear go down. Because the illusion is the more I control, then things become more predictable. When things become predictable, I won't fear as much anymore. All right? So we become demanding. We start controlling our environment. We start controlling people. And we start taking control of their lives. Right? And that's what happened in the garden. That's what happens in all relationships if you're not in relationship with God and have a, don't have a plan. Right? Third, when a man becomes distant, a woman will become concerned. I said that already. But a woman becomes concerned. Okay, women hate not knowing. Amen? Like they got to know. Like they're the, the queens of asking questions. That, that, that get them the answer to what they want to know. All right. And so if you're distant and then you're demanding, it's just like, what, where's this coming from? Why are you doing that? And then, and then it kind of transitions. Once you let that happen, when a man becomes demanding, a woman will become, and I'm going to teach you a word, codependent. Okay. What does that mean? Well, let me give you a translation, right? Have you ever heard the term, I feel I'm walking on eggshells around you. You ever heard that term? Okay, that's where someone else's negative emotions are now controlling you. You've stopped focusing on you and you're totally focused on what they're feeling and what's going on and you've lost yourself. You're now someone else, you're, you're flying in their orbit now and it's their negative emotions on the inside that is controlling the whole family dynamic or the whole relational dynamic. That is unhealthy and it is not God's plan and if I just describe your home, God has a word for you, and I'm going to bring it in a minute, all right? So there's some stuff that, that goes on in marriages and dating relationships. So to keep, keys to keeping relationships, marriages, emotionally healthy and strong, number one, first key is mutuality. What does that mean? It means that both people in a relationship are responsible to care, inquire, and listen, all right? Let's say those three words, care, inquire, and listen, All right? That's mutuality, okay? Secondly, the second key to good relationships is called reciprocity, all right? What does that mean? It means both people in a relationship have equal status, okay? When you have equal status in a relationship, what does that mean from a spiritual perspective? It means that other person is an image bearer. They bear the image of God. You bear the image of God, all right? It's not a parent-child relationship. It's not a slave and master relationship. Two image bearers who deserve dignity both deserve respect, consideration, and dignity. All right, let's say those three words together. Respect, consideration, and dignity. Man, can you imagine if these dynamics took over our families and our culture? Wow, all right, third key is liberty. In a relationship between two adults, who practice mutuality and practice reciprocity. There should be liberty now. That means I'm free to express, I'm free to challenge, I'm free to comment and add to the discussion. Okay? I'm free to do that. Why? Because you're an adult and I'm an adult. And you're an image bearer and I'm an image bearer. And if you have something you want to say, say it. All right? And we don't have to, we don't have to get on the slippery slope of biting and devouring one another. We're just two adults. We're, happen- we're, we're We're together. God's the one who knows it all anyway, and we're just trying to get to the truth, all right, so we can connect, all right? Last principle, fourth key is honesty, all right? You work hard to build an atmosphere of safety and transparency. Listen, men, if you're in relationship with a woman, you cannot have intimacy without safety and transparency. There's there, it's just impossible to have the fullest expression of intimacy if there is not safety and transparency. And some of you are thinking to yourself, I do not have a safe home right now. And you need to repent. You need to change the way you live, the way you change the way you live, is to change the way you think. And you need to find out what God says about how to treat a woman. Amen? I think I'm safe in saying that to everyone in this room because I care for you. I care for your marriage. I care about what's going on in your home. And guess who else does? The devil. And some of you have been going along, compartmentalized and hijacked, acting a certain way, not even knowing everyone around you is walking on eggshells. And God's just saying, I love you too much not to leave you the way you are. So I'm gonna tell you the truth. That's a true loving God. All right. Now, when there's honesty in a home or in relationships, listen to this. It means that the presence of the pounce is not around. You know what I'm talking about? You know those people who like they're waiting for you to say something and then they pounce on what you say so that they can criticize you or if there's a misplaced word or opinion, they pounce on it. When there's honesty and transparency, when there's liberty, when there's reciprocity, when there's mutual, that pounce is gone. And man, that's a great home to live in and a great relationship to be in, amen? Where people aren't afraid that if they, say, if they misplace a word or if they don't do something right, that, that you're gonna pounce on them out of your own immaturity, all right? And if you're a pouncer, in Jesus' name, stop it. Stop it. That person bears the image of God. And if you're waiting to, for them to say something wrong or to, if their flaw comes up, God help you because you're flawed too. I'm flawed, we're all flawed, amen? And no one likes to get pounced on, all right? That behavior is not from Christ. That behavior comes from a lie that has been believed. That behavior does not help your relationship with God or people and that behavior does not build up other people, which is a command in the Bible. There's some serious conviction in the house, isn't there, in the house of the Lord. But guess what? If you don't do business here, you're going to get out there. And out there, your flesh isn't going to tell you the truth, the world isn't going to tell you the truth, and the devil certainly is not going to tell you the truth. So stop reacting the wrong way. Start reacting the right way. When emotions come up with another person in your life, here's what the Bible says, all right? And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I want you to say a phrase with me. Say, just as in Christ, as in Christ God, forgave God forgave you. Okay, now say th- this way. Just as in Christ... God forgave me. Now say, in Christ, Christ, I I can forgive. You see, the reason why the Holy Spirit is sad when your relationships are divided and torn apart is because you should be the agent of reconciliation. You've experienced relationship with Christ. He broke down the barrier between you and God. By coming and sacrificing himself so there could be peace between you and him. Having experienced that, the most tangible way you can demonstrate your gratitude is by giving away to other people what he freely gave to you. That's convicting. That's why we say if you don't do relationships right, you don't do life right. There are some people in your life, I'm sure, that need you to go to them. And you need to talk out of what God has done for you first and then say, you know what I need to offer to you? I need to offer forgiveness and a better man. After this, I know better. And this morning, God spoke to me and he said, I need to do this. In the book of Philippians, it's not in your notes. It says this, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, this is Philippians 2, one through three. I advise you to go home, I advise you to read this passage at lunch or in your quiet time tomorrow because it's a powerful principle for having having great power for managing negative emotions. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being what? United with Christ. If any comfort from his love, from being united with Christ. If any common sharing in the spirit, from being united with Christ. If any tenderness and compassion, from being united with Christ. Then, see the picture? Christ is pouring into me, I'm united with him, he's encouraging me, he's tender with me, he's compassionate with me, if you have any encouragement, and then, then it says, then make my joy complete, brother to brother, by being like-minded, having the same love, everybody say same love, same love, same. having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing, you might want to circle that in your Bible, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. How about a movement of guys who know how to do that? Think women and children would benefit and be blessed and be given life? Think there would be less dysfunction, less chaos, less destruction in relationships? That's why we're here, fellas. That's why you came, and that's why you're online. You're here to learn how to be like Christ If you're united with Christ and you have an experience with him, he gave you tenderness, he gave you encouragement, he gave you compassion, he united him with himself, and he wants you to take that, what he's given to you, and to give that to the other people in your life in your first circle. Sons and daughters need to give that to their parents. Parents need to give that to their kids. Husbands need to give that to their wives. And men of God need to give it to the world. Amen? All right, let's go to discussion. Let me pray for us. God, what what an incredible morning we've had listening to you talk. Straight from your word, we've said what it says. And God, thank you that we are not gonna give the devil any fuel for his fire. And we're gonna start talking to you more. We're gonna start changing because of those discussions and learning what you say to us. We're gonna listen. We're gonna take it in. And we're going to apply what you tell us. Lord Jesus, I pray over every relationship represented in this room and online, every man's relationship that's connected to the sound of my voice, all his relationships. Lord, we know that the average man has about 200 or more connections. Lord, we pray that you would fill us with the Holy Spirit and that we wouldn't grieve you by taking it out on anybody in our lives but giving away what you've given us. And so, Lord, help us to agent your light. Help us to shine the light of Christ in our relationships, Lord. And then that will be a witness to your presence in our lives, so much so that people would want to know the reason for the hope that we feel inside. In Christ's name we pray. God's men said.